Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. Schmelk, Detino, and you at 201-939-4513. A Paul Paris show today, folks. You can call in, talk about anything you want to discuss about Giants football, the NFL. Uh, you name it, we'll talk about it. Again, 201-939-4513 or hashtag GiantsChat. We'll have a lot of these types of shows over the next couple of months. Not a whole lot happening. Obviously, rookie minicamp coming up this week. Then you have the OTAs coming up uh, the following three or so weeks. And then finally, you have veteran mandatory minicamp from June 15th to June 17th. So that's what's kind of uh, coming on your way. Paul, this is your only show before rookie minicamp starts, if I'm not mistaken, mm, right? I'll be here tomorrow. Oh, you're in tomorrow? With I'll be here tomorrow. Okay. So I guess we won't do that then. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, real quick, one thing we did not do is... Look at all the draft predictions we got from people over the course of our process here. That's true. You know, we never did go over those guys. Did anybody did anybody hit one of the non-obvious picks, which um, was let's Barkley? Let's see. Well, a lot of people pick – most people pick Barkley. Right. Let's see. Did anybody get Hernandez in round two? While you're doing that, I do want to bring up a point today that was brought up by uh, Bruce Murray and Phil Savage. And you know what? Not on... one person picked Hernandez in the second round because I don't think anybody thought he was going to be there. Well, right. the consensus from the combine was he was going to be in the 20s in the first round. Right. Which, of course, made me very upset, as you recall. <laughs> I do. So what did Phil Savage say this Bill Bill Savage and, and Bruce Murray were talking about how they had scanned all of the grades that people had given out across the board for all the NFL teams and right. how the Giants universally and their views or their, their experience had been the number one graded draft with the exception of Bruce Murray said he saw two people who did not like the Giants draft and actually killed their draft not because of the guys they took, but he said it had nothing to do with the players. It had to do with the philosophical difference Correct. that those two people had. He didn't name who they were, but said those two people were adamant that the Giants must take a quarterback and as a result killed their draft because they didn't take a quarterback number two. He said, but otherwise, every other uh, draft grade he has seen, and Savage backed him up on this, all agreed that the Giants had the best draft in the in the league, which was wow. I, that that kind of blew me away. Yeah, honestly, I didn't see a consensus at the Giants at number one everywhere, but I certainly saw them in the top five or top ten of pretty much everyone that graded the draft. Which you know, it's a chef's choice deal. So if, yeah, if you're what does it mean now? Exactly. But if you're consistently in the top five or top ten, I think that probably means that you got what people think at this point is good value. Now. We've said that about drafts before. We yep. think they get great value and the players are going to be good. Then the players have to go and perform. Um, for example, the Knicks hired a new head coach yesterday, and they talked about how, oh, we're going to build slowly, build through the draft. Will he fizz out? Very good. <laughs> it's a good plan, but the trick is picking the right guys and them actually yeah. developing and working out. And that's the hard part of the, of the situation. So um, I think when you look at it, yeah, you're optimistic. You think it's going to work out, but – you never know with these drafts. Um, Eli Manning did his uh, annual press conference when he supports the uh, the um, service dogs for the blind. Mm -hmm. He did that the other day, uh, as he always does every spring. And I give him a lot of credit for helping out that organization because they're wonderful people. I've been to that press for a couple of years ago, too. And he talked about how Barkley is the total package and can do a variety of things to help his offense out. But he warned everybody. He hasn't stepped on the field yet, and he's trying just to kind of quell everybody's expectations with the understanding that despite this guy's talent, you still have to do it at the NFL level. And until you prove you can do that at the NFL level, you can't say that it's money in the bank. Yeah, but Paul, here's the problem. I know. Every, you pick him number two, everybody says it's a done deal, well, and he's going to do it. Not only that, if I heard the, the, the phrase generational talent thrown I know. around one more time, I was going to slam my head into the desk. Yeah. And when you start throwing around things like that and phrases like can't miss prospect, sure thing, great player, future Hall of Famer, <laughs> you know what? I can't blame fans for getting excited. When you're going to pump a guy up like that, that's what fans are going to expect. They're going to expect Barry Sanders to walk through the door. And you know what? That's what people thought Trent Richardson was going to do. How'd that work out? So, no doubt. Guys, 
Here's what There's I want to no ask you, though. perfect prospect, yes. You, you, you were one of those folks who was very much concerned about how Barkley would be used if they made the selection. Yes. And, I, and it's a valid point. So my question to you, coming off of Eli's putting the brakes on the situation, and he's the only guy I've heard actually talk about putting the brakes on because everybody else is glowing about the kid, and I understand. Give me some numbers. Give, give me a, a rushing total. Give me a receiving total and give me a touchdown total on, on what is realistic huh. in your head for Saquon Barkley this year. Because we know what we've talked about. How the guy I can would, do everything. How I would use him or how I think the Giants will use him. Give me both okay. sets of numbers if you like. I'll give you how I think the Giants will use him. How about this? Can I bring up some numbers here so I have a Do, thing to go compare? Ahead, so, go ahead. So I have a level of comparison here. But, 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 and we're not going to deal with special teams. No, we know I'm he not. can do kickoff returns. I don't think they're going to use him there. I could they see might, them maybe at I the don't. end of close games, like maybe five or six Like the what whole they did with year. Becker. Or like, the Eagles used, yeah, or like the Eagles used to do with Deshaun Jackson. Just throw him out there in a couple big spots and right. that's it. Right, um, all right. Of course, this is not going very quickly here. Um, all right. So let me think. I'll start with the rushing totals. And if you think about it, I don't imagine that. See, I don't. There we go. Finally, I got some stats here. Okay, okay go now, ahead. Now I, I want to see how many carries in in a year some of the best running backs got. And of course, this is when the internet decides. While to run you're at doing a that, pace. I had somebody criticize me for supporting the Barkley pick because he said to me on Twitter, "You said that Barkley's not going to run for 1,600 yards." No, he's not. He hey, might, of course, he's not. He might not run for twelve hundred, and 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 that's what but that's I said. Fine, that's what I said. He he might only run for twelve hundred. He might not even get twelve hundred, but his total yards from scrimmage is what's going to make him a star in this league. It's not going to be about winning rushing titles because he may never win an NFL rushing title in his career. That does not preclude him from being a superstar. All right, here we go. All right, so last year, Paul, how many running backs do you think had 300 carries? Probably only three, maybe. One. Was it Le'Veon one? Bell. Okay. That's it. Um, couple Elliot had, would have, but he was suspended. Yeah, he would have, though. That's a good point. Um, other guys are probably usually between 250 and 275. So how about this? I think Saquon Barkley will have, um, let's say, 270 carries. Do we want to write this down so we have it? You don't have to. Is this going on the board? You can. If is you want to, that's board? up to you. All right, this is going on the board. Because they haven't even reported for a rookie minicamp yet. They do that on Friday, so I I'm not going to hold you to this. I but I, d I did think it was interesting how Eli put the brakes on him. Uh, and, again, it was met with all due respect. I wanted to get your numbers. And I, 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 and I think this is a fun game, so I like this. All right, okay. Let's see. i got to get a calculator out here, too. Okay. All right, so let's say if he averages... See, you're going to set the bar, and then I want the fans to give me over-under. <laughs> that's, that's what right, I want to go, folks. All right, I'm going to say... 201-939-4513. I'm going to say 270 carries. Okay? That's an average of 17 per game. Okay. I think that's a good number. Okay? That's a solid number. I'm going to say... Just doing my math here. Okay, that's not bad. I know this is great radio, folks. Sorry, I'm actually doing math. I know it's very, very exciting. Here, here's the but it's thing. Necessary. Here's the thing that's really interesting about about yeah, this. Yeah. Please fill for me. Well, well, here's the interesting thing about the about the equation. We really have not seen or talked deeply with Pat Shermer about what he wants to do with this offense yet. We don't know if he's going to use a fullback. We don't know if he's even going to have one on the roster. We don't know how many uh, three and four wide receiver sets he's going to run. I mean, these are all things that are still to be determined. And, and quite frankly, a lot of those tendencies in the scheme will have an impact on these numbers. So this is an unfair question that I'm asking you, quite frankly. But I think as we enter rookie minicamp, well, I enter rookie minicamp, I think it is kind of fun to talk about this because I'm I'm going to give you my over under based on your numbers. And like I said, I want the fans to chime in and give us their over under uh, on the numbers as well. Um I think the other the other thing that was interesting cuz last year we talked about Evan Ingram coming in. And I think 
I think we were both in agreement he might catch 60 balls. Was that was that what we had said last year? I don't I don't remember what was well, you know it on what? the board. No, remember we thought it might be lower because of Beckham and Marshall and Shepard. So we remember we said Ingram might only catch 40 balls, but it'll still be an effective season because he opens up for everybody else. We had said that was a realistic number with an outside chance he could wind up being as much as 60. I, yeah, I think that was kind of an outside, outside right, shot right. there. And, of course, you know, he certainly had a terrific season. So, um, All right, here we go. I got my numbers. Here all right, go. go ahead. Okay, I'm going to say, and I think I'm being very generous with these two. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you my over I think I'm being very generous. Okay? Go. What do you got? I got 270 carries. For 1,240 yards, that'll give you about, that's around 4.6 yards per carry. And again, Fair. I think that's very generous. I think it could be closer maybe to 11.50 and 4.2 or 4.3. But I'm being generous here. Okay. okay. 68 catches, 670 receiving yards. Six rushing touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns. Ten total. All right, let me look at this. I'm going to go under on carries, and I'm going to go under on yards. Okay. I okay. think that's fair. Uh, now that's an average of 17 carries per game at about yes. 4.6. I'm aware. I'm gonna. I'm Just gonna. Like, you know. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go under on both because I'm gonna go 13 carries a game. Wow, that's it. Maybe 14. Okay. And and consequently, the yardage number is gonna be lower of too. Of course. Okay. How many so. yards per carry thing is gonna average though? I would, on second thought, I'm thinking. You know. Can I revise? Go. Can I revise? <laughs> You didn't prepare me for this question. This but that's what makes fault. it good. That's what makes my, it good. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna it's be, gut feel. Yeah, but I'm going to be held to this, though. No. Yes, I am being held to this. Rookie camp hasn't started. I, I can't hold care. you to this. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me redo this. Time. Wow. Go. Hold on. Wow. I want to be right. By the way, uh, don't worry, folks. Your phone, your computer, they're fine. We have a light burning out uh, in our in our makeshift studio here. <laughs> and there's nothing we can do about that either unless Paul wants to try to go on the table. No, and, and the quite light. frankly, my, my only concern is if the light decides to spark and or blow up. That would be bad. Okay. But it can go out all it likes. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm sorry. Oh, you're changing now. Yes. All right, what do I'm you gonna got? I'm going to go down a little bit. I'm going to stick with the 270 carries. Okay. But I'm going to go down to only 1,190 rushing yards, okay? That's more. Okay. That, that's 4.4 yards per carry. Okay. So I think with the offensive line, it's better. But I don't think it's there yet. So I think there's still some work to do. So I'm bringing the yards per carry back a little bit. A little under 1,200 yards to 1,190. Yeah. Okay? But I'm going to leave the catches and the receiving yards okay. the way they are. So I'm going under on carries, but I got them for four and a half yards a carry. But okay. nonetheless, so it's, right. still, it, but it's still going to be under and under. Okay. So you think he's going to – do you think you'll get to 1,000 rushing yards? Well, if he if he only carries the ball about 13 or 14 times a that's game. Good. That's, a, that's really tough. It's going to be really – Tough for him to well, get a thousand. Well, I can tell you. Hold on, I got, right. I got my calculator. If he rushes it fourteen times a game, that means on the year he would have two hundred and twenty-four right. carries. In order to get to a thousand yards, it's he gonna would be close. Have to rush. It's gonna be close. Four point five yards. It's per gonna carry. be very so close. Be almost right on the button. I, I can see him being somewhere in the vicinity of around nine fifty or so. It's okay. gonna be close. That's so nice. I'm going under on both of those. Mm -hmm. uh, the six rushing touchdowns. See, I think Jonathan Stewart's going to steal a lot of his inside the five-yard line touchdowns. So I think those are going to come on long runs. I tend to agree, so but so I'm going to actually go under on that. Really? You went with six. I can see it being four or five. Yeah, you know what, though? I think So I'm going under. I think Stewart's going to get hurt. He usually misses a game or two with a foot injury. So I, I, think, I think he might steal a couple in those he games. He might. <laughs> I think Goldman might say, take some Ooh, of those. Okay. Okay. I just got a feeling. Well, you know what? If you only have him getting 13 carries a game, he's got to not carry the ball Correct. somewhere. So Correct. That makes sense. Because I think they're going to use him so much more, and this is where it gets tough for me yeah. now. You're receiving numbers. Okay? I got over the four touchdowns. I could see him catching six touchdown passes. Okay, but how about the 68 catches? And that is the toughest one for me of all. Uh, I, In my mind, I had around 60 catches. So I guess I have to go under. I have to go under. See, it's going to be close. It, I know it doesn't seem that way, but if he gets five catches a game, that's eighty. That's a lot. So I understand. I went to between four and five for sixty. I understand. Yeah. I I I'm I'm tempted to go over, but my initial feeling was it would be about sixty catches a game, and I see him going for about ten yards a pop, which is what he did at Penn State. That's what I have to. So you have that as well. So I think your your receiving numbers are so close. Okay. I'm gonna go a shade under on the catches. And you know what? 
I'm actually going to go a shade over on the yardage. And by the way, that would mean if, if these numbers work out, okay, and I, I guess I'm being more generous than you, which I wouldn't think given how we both didn't want to pick. I, you wanted to pick the guy more than I did. So I have him for... 1,865 total yards from scrimmage. Right. And 10 touchdowns on 340 or so touches. And I'll probably have him for about 1,700 yards. I think that's pretty damn good. You know, total yards from scrimmage. Would fans be okay? You tell us. Colin, would you guys be okay with that? Would you be good with 1,190 rushing yards, 675 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns? Is that enough for you? Or do you want more? Give us a call at 201 What do you think? Do you think people are going to be happy with that? Or do you think they're going to be annoyed? Um, I'd be happy more with wins than those stats. <laughs> I, that, <laughs> way to dodge my question. Do you think fans will be happy with these numbers if they happen? Do you think they would be disappointed based on all the hype heading into the draft? You know what? Because everything in sports is about competition. I think if he, those numbers make him the most productive running back in the draft, they would be happy with it. But if there's another rookie running back who outgains him in any of those categories, they will be disappointed. See, now, is that— They want him to be the top running back because he was drafted number two. Correct. They want him to have the highest numbers. Well, uh, do you want a bold prediction for me? Saquon Barkley will not lead rookie running backs in rushing yards this year. I don't think he will either. I don't think he will either. He might be third. Possibly. I could see Darius Geis getting more yards than him behind the very good Redskins offensive line. I think I think Geis is going to be the guy. I could see. Ryan. And by the way, he's going to squash my man P. Ryan right out of oh, the mix. He's he's never going to get the ball. <laughs> no, he's never. not. Um, he's not. I could see Ronald Jones in a Tampa Bay backfield with no competition. Wouldn't shock me at all. I could see Rashad Penny in a Seattle backfield with no. Would competition. not shock me at all. Would Sony Michelle shock you? They yeah, I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to get as many is runs. That, is that because the page? But what happens if Sony Michelle has more catches than him? Well, that would be interesting. Which is not impossible. No, that's not Patriots impossible. Offense. But Pe but Penny in Seattle, they want to make him the next uh, uh, beast mode. Yeah, unfortunately, he can't pass block, so he's going to have to fix no, that before he plays. That is correct. Downs. Well, Russell Wilson will run for his well, life. He's used to doing <laughs> he, that. He does that anyway. He does. He does. Apparently, it's, if you play for Seattle, you don't need to block. That is not a very, <laughs> that is not a very important part of the job description. Good point, Paul. John. All right, now let's go to the calls at 201-939-4513. Let us know what you think. Uh, let's go to um, uh, we'll go to Coach Marvin. He's on. He's on Barkley. We'll lead off with Coach today. What's up, Coach? How you guys? Hey, doing? Coach. What's up, Coach? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Y'all kind of scare me a little bit because y'all thinking on the same level I'm on. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, Marvin. You and I are usually always copacetic. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm looking at the somewhere around 1,600 counting, rushing and receiving, about 1,100 in uh, in rushing, mm -hmm. and another five in the um, pass in the receiving part of it. But uh, I mean, I'll be satisfied with those uh, with those uh, numbers that you guys got. And and the other side, I, I wouldn't worry too much about if he's first, third, or running back. Your performance in your eyes will see who's who's playing well. If he's playing well, he's playing well. I'm not going to get caught up in the numbers of what other running backs. Are. You know what, though, Marvin? I think other people will. Yeah. The, the folks who were especially concerned about, well, we could have drafted a running back later and gotten similar production, those people will be critical if Barkley is not the leading rookie in, in the stat category, and the people who are still crying about passing on a quarterback at number two overall are going to be crying yeah, if Barkley doesn't win those stats. And, Marvin, the other thing, too, and it's completely unfair, and I'm not oh, saying it's, it's – definitely unfair. And, well, this is something else that I think is even more unfair. If the Giants or when the Giants play the Cowboys in the second week and let's say the Cowboys happen to win the game right. and Ezekiel Elliott goes for 160 and three touchdowns and Barkley runs for 75 yards, people are going to be annoyed. Yes. People are going to be annoyed. They will be. They, they, gonna, yeah, most parts are going to be annoyed anyway. It's <laughs> a fair you. point. Yeah, no matter what they do, they're gonna, <laughs> they are going to be annoyed unless he does blow them away and become the greatest of all time. <clears throat> but my thing is, uh, you know, the realistic people, they, they know what they see and what's going on. And then they, if, if they do play the Cowboys and that happens, the Cowboys probably have a better offensive line exactly. than, the, than the Giants do. And that's going to be the difference of why I brought his numbers down a little bit. Yeah, but they're going to improve that offensive line. They, they're going to they, be fine. 15 more times. Yeah. yeah. And, 
And I and I think the way they use them is going to be different. And I talked to you, I think Monday, John. Yeah. Um, I, I I I love the me thinking offensively what I could do with a guy like that in the sense of I come out with twelve uh, uh, twelve personnel. I mean, I can line up with uh, double tight ends on each side. I can come out in a eleven personnel. I can come out. In the chick with that same formation, I could take one of those tight ends and put them in the backfield, yep. and I'm all of a sudden sitting in a uh, 21 personnel. You could do so much, and then if you you want, you can get in the shotgun. You got you could put um, uh, OBJ and Barkley in the backfield next to him. Um, you can, uh, and if it looks like they blitzing, you can motion guys out and spread that defense out so you can see who's coming. And uh, there's so much they can do once they can get that base defense on the field. To me, watching the Patriots, you keep that defense on the field. You go no huddle, and you keep them on the field, and you give them different formations, and you don't let them off the field, or you don't let them sub. And that's what Barkley, I think, will bring to the table. No question about that. Yeah, I'm with you, Marvin. So, Thank you. Guys, thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh, Good stuff. All right. Let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's up next. He's been holding the longest. What's up, Scott? Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, listening to your analysis, I almost forgot my question that I was going to ask. That's okay. uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, just as a side comment, I don't. is it really going to matter what Saquon Barkley does if the Giants, say, are finished winning their division, go to the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, and hopefully win the Super Bowl? No, Scott, and, and Scott, I think that was the point I was going to make after Coach Marvin made his first point. I think context matters here, or, or at least it should, in that – if what Barkley does helps the Giants' offense perform at a really high level, I right. think that's what's going to matter. You know, if they're scoring 27 a game and he's rushing for 70 yards, people will be thrilled. If he's rushing right. for 70 yards and they're scoring 21 points a game, people are going to be pissed, and that's how it's going to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, we have to wait to say, uh, have the season play out and see where he is. He's a, such an exceptional back. I can't see him not making an immediate impact, no matter whether it's rushing or, or uh, catching passes. Yeah, he's just that dynamic. So I'm not really worried about where he's going to wind up and um, the amount of yards that he has and the amount of receptions that he has. But my question is a philosophical one uh, that I wanted to uh, address with you. And I don't know if it's concerning or not, but um, I know Dave Gettleman has a propensity to get big defensive linemen and so forth. And the Giants are going to a 3-4 defense yep. where the concentration usually is in the linebacker play. And I hearken back to the days, say, in 1986 when the Giants had uh, were 14-2 and two and they had their great – uh, four linebackers, three Hall of Famers, and Gary Reasons, and then they had the Jim Burton. I think it was George Martin and Len Marshall as the three guys. Uh, Eric Dorsey played a lot too, right? Uh, but I'm wondering if this is what they're actually physically going to do on the defensive side with accumulating so many defensive linemen, because I thought in a traditional three-four, and granted this may not be a traditional three-four. It's not. You're you you should have more. Linebacks. I'm happy with the linebacks the Giants drafted and so forth, but is this a, a Dave Gettleman type of defense that he wants or a James Betcher type of defense? I want to know if there was a demarcation line where James Betcher thinks this is a good idea or would he want more linebackers on the team? Well, look, it's James Betcher's defense. This isn't Dave Gettleman's defense. That's right. first and foremost. And remember, right. the base defense is only on the field for 25 to 30% of the snaps. So on right. the other plays, you're going to have, you know, four guys that are defensive linemen, whether they're standing up or have their hand in the dirt, whatever, we'll see how they end up aligning them, as Paul and I talked about last week. Right. So they'll use a lot of these guys. I do wonder, though, and I think it's a fair question, you have Snacks, Tomlinson, Morrow, McIntosh, and Hill, which are five guys that are primarily run stoppers. Right. And I wonder... Where and, and I know McIntosh is a three-technique pass rusher, but he's still a defensive tackle. Right. Um, I agree. So you have those five guys, and I'm not. I might even be missing somebody. I don't think I am. Well, Kerry Ca- Kerry Wynn, did you mention? Yeah, Kerry Wynn is more of a yeah. You know, I'll throw Kerry Wynn in this because Kerry Wynn's not a pass rusher. So you got not those, really. So you got those six guys, and I know you know Dave Gettleman talking about the Eagles. 
rushing waves of guys at you, but the the Eagles' waves were guys that get to the quarterback, right. not guys Different that style. stop the run. I agree. So I think it's a good question, Scott, and I'm curious to see how Betcher will utilize these guys. And my guess is that right. both Betcher and Gettleman think these guys are more than just run stuffers, and they're going to give you a little something in the pass rush, too. I agree with that point, and I also think that the Giants believe that a heavier rotation yeah. – will allow guys to be more efficient so that if you reduce the number of snaps, you may get more production out of each guy per snap than what you would get otherwise if you left someone like Snacks on the field for the bulk of the game. I right. think that's a big part of what they're going to try to do, and I think that is probably more of a Gettleman style of, of, of thinking than it is a Betcher. Betcher clearly wants to be as multiple as possible. He's going to have a bunch of stand-up defensive ends who are going to be linebackers in one look and defensive ends in another look. And then the other thing he's going to do, and let's make this very clear, Betcher loves to send corner blitzes, guys coming in off the edge from the slot, guys coming in on safety blitzes in the A-gap and the B-gap. He's going to send and create pressure from all different angles on the field at all times. So the fact is, you don't necessarily have to get the standard pass rush from your standard defensive lineman. That's not right. the way Betcher works. Right, but the question is, is there, I mean, how many snaps a game do you think these guys are going to get, though? I mean, that's, that's probably his feel. Right. That's so just going to have to get a better my, feel for uh, these guys. That's my worry, uh, if there is a worry. Uh, I think they're trying to. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're trying to pattern their rotational defensive linemen similar to what Philadelphia did. But if you go back to the Super Bowl, what did Tom Brady do against those rotational linemen? He threw for over 500 yards. And if I go back to the 1986 Giants when they had those four great linebackers, they had the best defense in the league. Sure. So, so my concentration is – more linebacker than defensive lineman, but I may be totally wrong in how they're, how I'm approaching this. That's well, I just understand this though too. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate the call. the, be the Belichick three four from back in the day is nothing like what Betcher's going to run with this year's Giants. It is a very very different defense. In fact, to be honest with you, even Belichick with his combination of defensive coordinators the last 15 years with the Patriots oh, yeah. has nice. not run the typical Giants 3-4 from 1986. It's a different defense. It's a different game, it's so, a different sport. So I look, I would love nothing more than to say line up that Giants 3-4 again and go kick people's butts. But that's not what happens in today's league. It's it's a, again, it's a different game. Now I'll say this though: I think linebackers are coming back here. I think for a while, with the way the passing game was used, I think linebackers did lose some value in the league. You didn't see a lot get drafted. I would agree with that. Uh, but this year, you had um, Roquan Smith go eight, excellent, excellent ball player. You had Tremaine Edmonds, who's an unbelievable athlete, go sixteenth. Mm -hmm. You had Lane Van Der Esch, who was a very good player at Boise State, go 19. You had Rashawn Evans go 22 to the Titans. So mm -hmm. that's four linebackers in the top 22 picks. I, I haven't gone and looked at it, but I imagine that's got to be the most linebackers in the first 25 picks in, in a decade. Did Nwoso go high second round? I'm going to the second round right now. Darius Leonard went with the fourth Leonard, pick. Leonard, who I liked a lot. But I didn't think he was that good, though. Not a fourth pick in the second round. He, he has, covers a lot of ground. Fourth pick in the second round. He got picked there. Um, and, it, you know, it uh, depends. Nuoso. And there's Nuoso, who some people think might be an edge rusher. He went 16th in yeah. the second round. So linebackers are becoming more valuable. And, again, I think we mentioned this during one of the draft shows, Paul. It's because of the read option slash RPO, mm -hmm. read pass option, where – the linebackers are much more important than the corners in cutting off those slants, getting in the passing lanes, and stopping that quick, short pass game. You go back to your point about you know Brady going for 500 yards against the Eagles. That wasn't the defensive line's fault. No, it was. He was getting rid of the ball in two seconds. Had nothing to do with those guys. Because you know the Eagles couldn't cover the middle of the field and stop those short, quick passes. So uh, I don't think when the except obviously second overall, the Giants had to take pick of any player in the draft. But we went through it on the, on those draft shows, Paul. There weren't really any linebackers, I thought, with value to pick where the Giants were selecting when they got on the clock. No, because there were players of much better value that they wound up picking right. that we all agreed had more right. more uh, 
more value, for lack of a better term. Like if Rashawn Evans was sitting there with the second pick in the second round, that would have been a conversation. Right. Well, he would have been in the mix. I'm not saying they would have picked him over Hernandez. I still would have taken Hernandez. So would I, but Evans would have been in the mix. Evans would have absolutely been in the mix. Right. So. And, you know, Carter, you want to look at him in a linebacker? I guess they see him more of a pass rusher. And that's the thing, too. It's such a blurred game now with, you know, was Harold Landry a linebacker or is he a pass rusher? Is he a, you know, you can't figure. And, and I'll get to this. I got a Barkley thing I want to get to later. I want to build off what you just said, though, mm-hmm. because and I want to get right back to the calls. I'm sorry, folks, for delaying, but I had someone mention to me on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was a great question. He said to me, you don't like tweeners. What's the difference between a tweener and a versatile edge guy? No, the same thing. And No, not for, not for me. Not for me. A, ver- a versatile edge guy has the physical characteristics of one position, but then has the skill set to play more positions. A tweener, so a tweener is a, is a small guy, guy that can only rush the pass. A, guy, a tweener okay. is a guy who has the physical characteristics that don't fit either position. Ah, uh, okay. His physical characteristics fit him somewhere in between where he doesn't fit either one correctly. So, for example, he might be, Big too, difference. He might be too small to play defensive end, but his skill set is of a defensive end. Correct. He might be too big to be, he might be too small to be a linebacker, too big to be a linebacker, but he plays like a linebacker. Correct. Something like that. Correct. I see what you mean. The okay. physical measurables are what makes the difference between a tweener and a versatile player. Okay. And that's that's the difference for so me. So that's why Landry's a tweener to you because all he can do is rush the passer, but he's not big enough to be a hand in the dirt defensive. Correct. End. Okay, that makes sense. I think that makes sense. And that and that and I had to explain that because the guy was he, he was like asking me he's like but you really don't like tweeners so what's what's the deal here you're you're talking about Betcher's defense and these guys who were doing multiple he wanted to understand why I would feel differently and that's why you like Carter because he's the size and shape and speed yes. of a linebacker but he can rush the pass yes well. I see what you mean okay and Kareem Martin who has the size of a defensive end but can play stand-up defensive end and some strong side linebacker. Yeah, I wouldn't ask Kareem Martin to cover much, though. I wouldn't either. But <laughs> but at six, 270 pounds, you know, at six at six six he can put his hand in the dirt and be fine. He could absolutely, sure. and he has. Yeah, that's what he did for yeah, the Cardinals. Sure. Absolutely. That's that's why. And I and I wanted to bring that up no, while I we were talking about this. That's a good point. Dan in Delaware has been holding the longest. What's up, Dan? How are you? Hi. How are you? Hi, good, Dan. Um. Yeah, it's a good topic. Um, I'm looking at some stats while I was on hold. So if 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 Barkley were to get around 1,800 total yards that you projected, John, I yeah. mean, just looking at last year's stats, I mean, that would put him in the top three to four producing running backs in the league. So um, last year there was only two guys that had 1,800 total yards, and Kareem Hunt was – just, just barely missed it. Yeah, you know, um, last year was a bit of a down year for running backs, though. The year before, Ezekiel Elliott had, had you yeah. know, Jordan Howard, David, DeMarco David Murray. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, all yes. those guys were in that mix. So Johnson last year, was hurt. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, either way, 1,800 is, is, oh. a, good, is a good amount. Um, <laughs> no one's going to sneeze at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially if he gets a double-digit touchdowns, because I fully expect Beckham, uh, you know, knock on wood for the health and everything, but he'll get his 10-plus this year, I assume. So um, that's a good that's that's good right there. Um, but the thing that Barkley should help with, you know, I know you mentioned this earlier, and I do agree with you. It's like you can't just say, well, if he doesn't get this stat and this other rookie has this stat, it's unsuccessful because there's other things that you really can't measure. No doubt. And if if Barkley can take the double teams away from some of our weapons outside. Like, if he could free Beckham or Ingram or, you know, if they can give better matchups to those guys where they can't double multiple people, then that'll impact the game, just his presence on the field alone. You have the scheme, you know, I don't, no offense to any of our running backs, but I'm sure there's not, like, defensive coordinators that were, like, game planning for Gallman or Perkins. No, you know, of you, course. Uh, you have to, no. you know, you have to factor Beckham and Barkley and Ingram you know, into everything. So, so yeah, I mean, he should have um, impact that's not measurable by, by stats. I, I know this is off topic, so it's kind of derailing the flow that's of your okay. show here. I just had a quick question about um, the tags and everything. So yeah. I know you can't talk about player contracts and things like that, but, but um, I just wanted to ask, because we got uh, Beckham and Collins coming up at the end of this year, yeah. and, you know, we can only tag one of them. And I did want to yes. ask you guys, so – 
we, you only can tag one player, right? And I'm not talking about so you, like I know there's like a transitions tag and a franchise. You can only use one of them on one player, right? You can't use a transition correct. on one and a That's franchise correct. on another, yes. right? You can only correct. do one. Yes. One tag of any type. Of any type. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted clarity on that. So I know you can't talk about the contracts, but, I mean, I, I, speaking for a lot of Giants fans, I mean, we all feel like we got to get one of these guys done before this season. I mean, I, I know they can negotiate in season with some of these guys, but um, I, I guess I don't have uh, proof of this, but it just felt like under the Reese, he, did nev- he never negotiated in season with players. At least it felt that way to me. Um, he either got it done preseason or – after the season, um, and so that would be I don't actually, know what philosophy yeah, and, and I, this, but I don't blame you for saying that. That's not exactly true. I think Eli got done during they the season. Did have didn't com- he? They did have conversations with players sometimes during the course of the season. The Giants, though, are very buttoned up about that. Those yeah. kinds of contractual talks would really never get discussed in public or in the media. Right, but if they signed a contract, we'd know about of it. Of course, and yeah. right. no one ever seemed to right. sign a contract. That didn't happen very so often. What I'm saying is like. I don't know how. I don't know if it's a organizational philosophy, but in my view, it's like I want to lock one of these guys up before the season starts. And I was just curious your guys' opinions on that. If if uh, you could at least see one of them getting locked up before the season to preserve the tag for whichever one doesn't get locked up and that strategy, or do you not see that as a high priority for us to do that? Um, because. You know, if we're all in and we're win now and we want to get this done with Eli Barkley, you know, we want to make this run yeah. a, a Super Bowl in the next few years, we can't afford to let one of these guys go. They're both premium top guys at their respective positions. It's a so fair question. We um, have to maintain, get both of them, and, and you have to preserve a tag for one at least in my yeah, view. So yeah. I just wanted your guys' opinions on, on that. No, Look, appreciate it. Good call, Dan. Excellent we, question. We've discussed this before. You cannot sign – Odell Beckham Jr. to a new deal until he goes out on the field and proves that he is still Odell Beckham Jr. We've discussed that before. Now, so, are, do you have the same worry, though, for Landon Collins, having to get a second surgery on his forearm? I don't know, to be honest. That's why I'm asking the question. The medical folks would have to have a real good sit-down with me and make me feel like I could be confident. Here's what I'll tell I you. Better, I, would, I feel better about a forearm fracture so than do I. an ankle fracture. So do I. I mean, so do I. But, but you know what? I would say this. If I were a gambling man, okay, and I'm not, I would say one of those two guys will probably get some type of new deal done by the middle of this season. And that's as far as I'm going. I will put one more nugget in there. I think, I think, simply based on the economics of it with the positions and the players, I would think a Collins contract would be easier to get done. Assuming both guys are healthy. Probably, because... Uh, Safeties don't usually bring in the same type of well, high-level money contracts. And, and the other reason do. is that the uh, the wide receiver does like to garner a lot of headlines. And on that basis, and the attention and the statements he's made in the past, you would think it would be more difficult to get that one done. But I, I do think one of them has a has a decent chance to get done by midseason this year. But they, but both of them, in my mind, have to get on the field and produce. Yeah, which is why it's tough. I mean, when you throw injuries into the mix, it gets difficult. And by the way— Dan, thanks for the call, by the way. Appreciate here's it. the other question that must be answered. If you're going to do something with either one of those guys, yeah. are you doing strictly an extension, or are you doing something because if we the caller up, is right—, right? If the caller is right and they try to get something done before opening day this year, which I am not in favor of, you tear up the last year of their current deal and you give them a brand-new contract to include the 2018 season. See, I think that requires a lot of different numbers and affects your cap a lot differently than an extension does. Now, that you could do a lot easier with Odell. Without a doubt. Because his cap number this year is a lot bigger than Collins. Without a doubt. Collins' cap number is very small. Yes. So if you wanted to tear up his current deal – you would have to find space if it's not a straight-up extension. So that a doubt. leans the pendulum the other way. So it, Yes. But, but it, now, it gets very fishy with, with all the contracts. But guys, now really you've got to get into tying up a big deal with Odell without him getting on the field and proving that he's still the same guy. And that, that to me, is a sticking point, which is why I could yeah. not go that way. But, but John is correct. If you're going to rip up the last year of the deal – 
it makes more sense to do Odell's deal now rather than later. I totally agree with that. Yeah, because people don't realize this too. And, you know, with these other guys too, the reason once you get a guy in a franchise tag, it's easy to sign him to a long-term extension or long-term contract because that first-year cap hit on the long-term contract is actually probably going to be lower Correct. than what the franchise tag was. Correct. Now, obviously, the fifth-year option isn't as much as the franchise tag, but it's still a significant number mm -hmm. as opposed to the final year of a rookie deal on a second-round draft pick. That's it. Much, much different, and it, it really moves things around. There's a lot of variables involved. Yep. Once again, many sides to the prism, as I like to say. Layers to the onion? Exactly. <laughs> Let's go to Steve in New York. He's up next. Hi, Steve. Hey, guys. How you doing today? We're doing great. Hi. How are you, Steve? So, I, you know, as a fan's point of view from where I sit, last year when it ended, obviously, it was a horrible year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, all you're hoping for as a fan is for, for the ownership to realize it and do what they can to change it. And I feel like if we look back from where last year ended to where we're at today, uh, the Giants are significantly better. We Everything has chances to fail, like anything new. You have a new car, it could, it could fail. You buy a new house, something can break. You buy, I get a good new girlfriend, you know, it might not work out. But you hope in the newness there's some sort of benefit and, and, and you feel like you've gained instead of lost. And I feel like as a fan, from where we were last year to where we're at now, I feel like we are the best, most improved team in the NFC. Steve, I'll say this. We're the best team in the NFC mm -hmm. because the Eagles, I feel like, have a better squad, and I feel like the Cowboys have less holes. But we are the most changed from worst to best, in my opinion. The Eagles didn't do a lot of moves. You know, the Cowboys haven't done a lot. So from a fan's point of view, mm -hmm. I would feel like I didn't really agree with Shermer's and, and Gettleman's plan with drafting Barkley. I wanted a quarterback, but if you look at their plan, what they wanted, yeah. no one can knock how they executed it. Exactly. They, 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 and I feel like with that, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful because I feel like the numbers you guys gave in the beginning of the show for Barkley, yeah, I'd be happy if he got that, but if we had a franchise quarterback we drafted, and let's say Eli Manning wasn't here anymore, would any of us be happy if that franchise quarterback, number two overall, didn't win 10, 11 games? No. And that's what you expect from a franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. And Barkley got year, drafted in a position. I understand the, the viewpoint. Where he better affect dramatically our win-loss game. Yeah, of course, Stephen. And, and I'll say this, too. I agree. I think offensively, the Giants should be dramatically better, and if, if they're not significantly better than they were last year, I think um, it could be another long season, to be honest with you, because, you know, you add a lot of new talent, you add bring people in, the offense should be much better. Um, I'm not sure about the defense, though. Um, I think when you take a look at this defense from the guys that left as opposed to the guys that came in, I think it's a tough argument to say that there's more raw talent in the room. Now, will the coordinator make a difference? Maybe. But I don't think there's any guarantee that this defense is going to be much better than it was last year simply based on the personnel in and the personnel out. Well, I, the reason I believe it is because last year we didn't have depth on the off defensive line. We didn't have the linebackers we just drafted. I think D.J. Hill is a steal. And I, I feel like being able to get Vernon and snacks off the field out of 90% of the snaps mm -hmm. is – is going to change our defense dramatically in itself. Getting uh, the defensive mind like our coordinator is, you know, I feel like that adds to the newness, that adds to the hope. So there's there's an excitement in the air, as there always is in the beginning of a season when you start. So I think our defense is better. I agree with you for a different much. reason, though. I think too many Giants defensive players last year underachieved, especially in the secondary. And thank you, Steve. Which Appreciate was an absolute mess. And I also believe that this offense is going to take a lot of pressure off of this defense, whether it's time of possession or also by the points they score. So, therefore, I do think the defense will be markedly better than it was last year. But, again, for different reasons than he suggested. Well, yeah, if individual players play significantly better, then, yeah, we can have the conversation. Too many guys underachieved um, last year. They didn't play anywhere near what the back of their football card said. And that's that's a huge problem. Well, I mean, Jenkins is healthy. I mean, that's 
that's a big. He didn't part have of it. nearly the year he was supposed to have. Well, and he only played in what eight games, seven games. So yeah, neither did Eli Apple. And Landon Collins didn't play as well as he should have played. Well, I think you have to think. What's you know? La- what, what's Landon Collins' typical year though? Is it his monster second year or is it first uh, or it's third? Probably year? a lot closer to that year two years ago. It's I very, would think it's, it's very tough to get those interceptions every year, Paul. Oh, yeah, it takes well, a lot of I luck. I understand that. A lot of luck. A lot of those passages fell right in his lap. You know, I mean, I, they did. Um, I'd like I'd like to believe that Ogletree is going to be exactly what he's supposed to be. That's and an upgrade. I, and, I'd, and I'd like to believe that Darian Thompson is going to be much more uh, significant a contributor than he was last year, too. Here are my two concerns. And for any defense, I think these are big concerns. because And there's a reason the two most premium positions on a defense are what? Pass rusher. Excuse me. Cover and, corner. And quarterback. Okay. Other than Olivier Vernon, who I don't believe has ever had more than 10 sacks in a year, or maybe he has done it once. Mm-mm. Eight and a half, right? You're That's right. the most You're sad. Right. You're right. His numbers aren't aren't spectacular. Right. And, He's just a terrific and player. And Kareem Martin, who's a, who's a solid player in Arizona, but hasn't you know been asked on to be a big-time pass rusher down and down out. I don't know where the consistent pass rush is coming unless you have to blitz all the time. It's going to be multiple. But then if you have to blitz all the time, I mean, a slot corner is your starting corner. It's a starter. Okay? Yes. And we have no idea who the slot corner is right now. You think William it's William Gay, Gay but William Gay is. Are you very, very comfortable with that? At 37 years old, and he's been incredibly durable. If his luck holds out and he stays on the field, yes, I am comfortable with that. If he can't stay on the field, you know, I'm and thinking Dante Dion's the next guy up. But again, he's going to run into matchup trouble. And I don't, and I don't, I, I can't say I know what Eli Apple is going to give me off his year last year. I'm, I'm hopeful, but it's I don't be better. know. It's got to be well, better. Can't be worse, right? Can't be worse. I mean, and then the other, the second safety next to Landon Collins, Darian Thompson. You hope he plays better than he did last year. So we'll see. Uh, to me, there are still real questions on this defense. That again, I'm not I mean, saying the Ogletree upgrade is huge. Oh, it's though. huge. Huge. Look, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that the talent's not there, but based on what I saw last year, I, I have to see that improvement on the field until I believe That's it. You fair. know what I mean? Let's go to Len in Columbia, Maryland. He's up next. Hi, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi, Len. What's up? Hey, I'm going to set up a scenario for you here. Um, Opening day against Jacksonville, just inside of four months, by the way. Almost to the hour. I think we're just inside of four months. Three months till the preseason opener. Yay! Can't can't wait. Can't wait. 105 in the afternoon. (laughs) And Barkley is standing on the goal line to take the opening kickoff. Tell me about the excitement in that stadium. I don't know if he's no 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 no. There'll be people in the stadium holding their breaths that he doesn't get hurt. (laughs) Listen, put the returns in your number, and you're talking about two thousand yards. I don't, Len. Again, I don't know what the Giants are going to do. If I had my guess, I believe he will get anywhere from a half dozen to eight or nine kick returns the whole year, and they will only be in high leverage situations at the end of games. Two hundred yards out of eight or nine. He had to be pretty he damn could, good at it. Could. It'll be close. Remember, you, know what, you know what we don't know? We don't yeah. We don't know Coach Shermer's philosophy behind spot duty for no. big play okay. kickoff return guys. We don't know okay. that. He may be dead yeah. set against okay. it. All, we don't I know, know that. is on opening day, if he doesn't ever do it again for the rest of the season, I want him standing on the goal line <laughs> on that opening kickoff. See, that was actually the way that David Wilson impacted this team. Before he injured his well, neck and then had to retire. So then hope that he wasn't very good at running behind the line of scrimmage. Understood. <laughs> he Understood. He was a heck of a kickoff returner, oh, though. Sure he, was. he really was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, but, and, and, go and, ahead, Len. And, yeah, and guys, let's let's not forget, if on first down they pitch the ball to Barkley, and he swings across the right side, outside the outside the tackles to the right side, he could get hurt on that play. Well, he can get hurt on well, any sure play, he could. of course. There you go. There you go. There you go. I'm just saying. That play, I want that stadium on their feet from the opening kickoff. I got a day. better idea, Lane. On the goal line, we'll give it to you. I got a better um, idea for you. I'll, how I'll about take how, 18, I'll take your eighteen hundred any you day, no by shot. the way. No, I got no. How about on the first snap from scrimmage, Eli hits Barkley on a wheel route for seventy-five yards and a touchdown. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> how do you think the crowd oh, would react would to that, John? Yeah, you, you guys don't be believe fun, in like voodoo and hexes, huh? I'll take the 1,800 yards in and put on another 200 for those eight or nine returns, John, whether they're kickoffs or punt returns, and we're over 2,000. Okay. And that would be one heck of a season. If you do that over the first three, you're talking 6,000 yards. Holy cow. Holy cow. 
that that would really be beautiful. Okay. Well, we, you know, that's just hoping hoping for the best along the line. Uh, most importantly, um, he's going to give us yardage, um, just like you started off your answer to uh, my putting them on the goal line. Just just stay healthy. Stay healthy. Um, hey, Paul, a question about Betcher. Um, I'm, I'm staying positive. I'm staying positive. But every time I hear you talk about Betcher's defense, especially in the last couple of months, maybe because it's you're, you're learning more and know more now than we, we know um, at this point. But you sound downright excited about this situation. Len, 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 hold on. Paul would be downright excited about the Giants season if I was the defensive coordinator, <laughs> okay. right? Come on, okay. he's Paul Dettino. Well, I, I just want, well, <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I mean, he really gets excited when he when he talks about people coming from different angles and, you know, things of this nature. And uh, I, I mean, I'm thinking positive, but, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm taking a wait and see, too. I mean, this... This sounds a little tricked up, Paul. Let me well let me, let me say this, Len. I'm a big Steve Spagnolo fan, so I'm yeah. not throwing the baby out with the bathwater and saying, okay, he was the reason the Giants defense did poorly. I think there were a number of reasons why the Giants defense oh, fell I apart agree. last I year, agree. including injuries of for course, sure. sure. Oh, I, so, agree. I agree. So let me yeah. just say, I am not getting getting all electrified because, oh, Spags is gone and he was the problem. That's not the case. You've heard me praise yeah. Spags for years. Okay. But here's what I do know. This defensive coordinator, from what I've seen of his scheme and what I know about his scheme, is different than any defensive coordinator that I've covered in my 36 years of the Giants. Okay. okay? Totally different. We're talking about a philosophy, a strategy, a, a, a game plan that he uses that is one totally different. Let me get it one minute. Thanks. For and the for that reason, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. I know his results have been very good in in uh, Arizona for the last three seasons, sure. and so for that reason, I'm probably more intrigued than I am enthused. I'm more intrigued, and you know, for for an old dog like me to be intrigued by something different, that's kind of neat. Speaking of something different, did you notice a play that they just reenacted on the Good Morning Football show this morning on the grounds of NFL Films? Did you Did you see it? I did not, and don't really have much. Well, it was it was a fumble return for a touchdown. Can you figure it out? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Herman Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. And ironically enough, if I'm not mistaken, because I was in here working before, and the show happened to be on. I think they also reenacted the Matt Dodds to Sean Jackson play. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it was a Giants-Eagles thing today or what it was, but it was it Oh, was they're doing good. it now again in slow motion. Slow That's motion. great. Uh, just what I needed to see before lunch. All right. Any, anyway, <laughs> the point is, Len, yes, I, I am eager to see it. I am intrigued by it. So if that's what you're feeling from me in terms of a vibe, you're absolutely correct. But, but again, I want to make this very clear. I have great respect for Steve Spagnuolo. He is, he is one of my favorite, next, in fact, next to Bill Belichick, him and John Fox are, are two of my, of my top assistant coaches that I've ever covered. So, you know, I'm not down on Spags. Who was he before Spags again? Lewis? I'm trying to think of his last uh, name. No, Perry Fuel. No, the Spags the first time. Oh, my goodness. Tim Lewis. Tim Lewis. That, I, I knew it was Lewis. I, Lewis. I couldn't think of the first name. Okay, there we go. All right, Charles in South Carolina is our final caller. What's up, Charles? Hey, it's actually Roy, but that's okay. Well, that's okay, uh, Roy. You know, What's up? Uh, uh, hey, um, so I wanted to tell Paul, uh, Paul that uh, uh, I'm really glad that we got some depth because, uh, especially on the offense, because, you know, Paul, like you, I'm a big fan of when Eli was able to take four minutes on a clock and grind it down. Mm-hmm. Over it's been the a while. Years we've had. Say, I'm sorry. I said it's been a while since we've seen that. What, like 2008? Oh man! <laughs> right. It's been a and long so time. So now I see we have great hope in being able to, with Eli and and some of the depth that we have on the O line now, on the offense in general, we can take a four minute clock and not worrying about turning it over with a minute and thirty in the. The opponents have two touch, two timeouts left, and they kill us. Well, yeah. well remember this too. Let, let's not, you know, get too far ahead of ourselves with the offensive line. It's better 
It might not be yeah, right. light. It might not be lights out, but it, it is very nice. That, John. No problem. But it is something that I think will be a work in progress and will be better. But I'm not sure if it's going to be a line where you can, you know, play like you know Dallas does or somebody like that and just pound, pound, pound. To right. further clarify, the formatted offense, which disappeared when Ahmad Bradshaw left, at least will now be back in the playbook. You have a shot. It may it may not be yeah. very prominent. Yeah, you have a shot. But at least it'll be in there again. And by the way, Saquon Barkley's so good, he might be able to do that on his own without a lot of blocking, he, too. Maybe he could. Yeah. Right. The other thing I was going to mention is that the fact that um, I was listening to your numbers for Barkley, and I think um, those are all great. But I just and – I, and I know Sherman's going to do this. He's going to watch the young guy to make sure that when – when Barkley goes up against the 28-year-old monster defensive guys, that he doesn't get hurt. That's, that's, I think that's one of our biggest concerns, obviously. We've seen that injury bug hurt us so bad. Um, yeah, I want to see good production out of Barkley and everyone that we picked, but I would rather pull them back so that they would stay healthy and that they would have longevity, especially for the whole year. So, um, And I think, I think Shermer is very in tune to that, and I think that um, – especially Gettleman, you know, I, I'm, I'm very encouraged. Like Len, I'm very encouraged and optimistic um, on what, what, this, what this season will look like. I have a prediction, though. Are, Go we, ahead. are we taking predictions? Yeah, I'll take a prediction. Do what do you got? Okay, so you can put Roy in, South, in Charleston. Um, we're going to go um, – we're going to have 11 wins. 11 and 5. Are you going to win the division? Yes, we will win the division. Okay. Will, will you win a playoff game? Yes. I, 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 just, I just feel it in my bones. A lot of folks yep. would sign up for that right now. I think you have to. I know. I, and I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, you know, yeah, it, it, it's very optimistic. But I can see, I can see with, you know, we got a lot of depth, and I think we're going to be really careful not to burn everybody out. We've got a lot of different choices on the offense to move that ball down to the gold line. And, and so I think, I think we have a really, really good chance, pending the fact that everyone stays healthy. Thank you, Roy. That'd be great. Um, right. I've never seen so much optimism after a 3-13 season. Well, because it's not a typical 3-13 and 13 I know. team. I know. I know. They were better than they, oh, they, they went from they eleven to five to three and thirteen. I know. Uh, I want to go over this, John, because we were talking about Barkley at the beginning of the show. I think we should end with Barkley conversation. Sure. PFF had some data. Now you know how I feel about their raw data. Their raw data is very good because they do keep stats and the cumulative totals on different things. Their raw data, I, I have confidence in. It's other stuff that needs to be taken into account when you're talking about analysis. But raw data from PFF on Saquon Barkley, in each of his last two years, he had over 700 snaps apiece at Penn State. They listed the number of snaps he played at running back, the number of snaps he was a slot receiver, the number of snaps he was out wide, and then the number of snaps he was doing something else. I'm guessing that was in motion. Could be in motion, could be offset maybe somewhere. I don't think he was H-back much for them, to be honest. Yeah, you wouldn't I'm think. guessing it was probably motion. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably Here's true. my point, though. In each of these last two years when he was well over 700 snaps per season with the Nittley Lions, in 2016... 39 snaps, he was not lined up as a running back. That's it. Last year, only a, a combined total of 51 snaps where he was not lined up as a running back. 20 in the slot, four times out wide, 27 is other. And, Again, and, I'm guessing that's motion. And that's about 7% of the snaps, by the way. To me, quick math. that is an exceptionally low number, and I would be shocked if Pat Shermer uses him in this fashion. I think the number is going to be dramatically increased in terms of non-standard running back formation uh, uh, snaps for him. So you think you're, we're going to see a lot of empty sets? I think we will see either sets where he's they're empty. Again, a lot's going to depend on how the pass oh, protection that's is. That's why I'm asking you if you think you're going to see empty I think, sets. I think you'll see some empty sets, but I also have a hunch that you will see a lot of Barkley in motion, and a, a lot in motion. I mean, that number is going to go up a lot. 
I really believe that. He's going to be a lot in motion because teams will use your motion to, to decipher if it's going to be man-to-man or if there's going to be zone coverage or if there's going to be a strong side or weak side pressure a lot of times too. So I think you're going to see him a lot. Him and Beckham, I think you will see both of those guys used more in motion. Not the same time, obviously, because you of can't. Course. This isn't Canada. <laughs> and by the way, we, we did see some empty sets. Um, from the Giants in their veteran minicamp too, so that is yes. something we did see some of yes. in, in part of their drills. Right, and Paul. I do, and I do think we'll see them some uh, out wide too on occasion. Good I show. really do. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We'll back with you tomorrow on Giants.com for another episode of Big Blue Kick Gold Live. I think it's the both of us again, and then um, we have rookie minicamp coverage on Friday, and Lance and Jeff host on. Friday. Give us more over/unders on your Barkley. We didn't get to a lot of calls today. We had a lot of good conversation. So hit us up with those numbers yeah. again tomorrow. Or any other ideas and, and concepts? Hit us up on Giants Chat. Maybe you'll give us a topic for a show. We'd love to hear what you think. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmelk. That's Big Blue Kickoff Live for this Wednesday afternoon, May 9th. We'll see you tomorrow on Giants.com.